Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Right now, we are giving away $200 in slot play to Sasquatch Casino up in Blackhawk. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. If you've won in the past, you are not eligible to win again. While you're up there, Sasquatch and Wildcard doing their annual holiday auction on Thursday, December 23rd. They'll be auctioning off over 100 items, including toys, jewelry, electronics, kitchen supplies, an 82-inch television, so much more. How do you bid? Well, you just earn something called chits. It's fake money, uh, and you get them with locked-up jackpots, player points, or you can win their uh, daily drawings every two hours. Get up to Sasquatch Casino. Do it on us. First four callers, 303-831-1340. Time now. For the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. All right, let's nitpick for a second because I thought about this and I'm like, wow, Vic Fangio got a real advantage from the schedule makers and from the players' union and the owners by adding that 17th game. That 17th game was the gift of gifts, getting the worst team in football, the Detroit Lions. The free space on the board. They got the worst team in football, which for just about every team this year, with the exception of the Lions, uh, turned into a win outside the tie. Well, what's interesting is... Against what, the Steelers? Yeah, and it's interesting to look at the contrast between the game that the Broncos got and the game the Cincinnati Bengals got. You know what their 17th opponent was? Tell me. San Francisco last Sunday, who went in and beat them in overtime. Right. So now, so I'm not saying it's a layup when you play another NFL team, but when you get the luxury of playing the worst team in the league, and oh, by the way, they were all banged up and riddled with illness. I mean, that couldn't have been designed any better. They didn't know that when they scheduled the game, but you knew the Lions were not going to be good. And they were coming down off the high of, snapping their winless streak, and in particular, the history of teams that do that after being 0-8 or worse, at home, close wins, almost always, they fall on their face the next week. They can't. They come down from the, that emotional high with right. a thud, just as Detroit did. Then you look at the schedule makers, how they help the Broncos. We all felt... The Chiefs would be really good this year. They got off to a slow start, but now they're starting to pick up steam, specifically because of their defense. And you look at the AFC standings, and right now New England is in control of their own destiny. But who is the number two seed right now? Mace? The number two seed in the AFC is uh, the Chiefs, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. I believe. On, tie- on tiebreaker, I believe. Right. With the Patriots, both 9-4. and four. Well, what I'm saying is, unless it comes... Or no, to, actually, Chiefs are third. Tennessee's no, no, second. I know. Well, yeah. I, knew the, I knew the Patriots were number one. Yeah, but Tennessee is second on tiebreak. Okay. Th- 
you could make the case there could be a very strong possibility, depending on how the rest of the season goes, until the final game of the regular season, that maybe the Chiefs have locked up the first seed, probably not, but maybe the second or the third. If they do, they're not going to play Mahomes that much. They're not going to play Kelsey that much or Hill or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or many guys on that defense. That could be another big break in which the Broncos could pick up a win. Things could not have been designed any better for the Broncos. Forget about Vic Fangio saving his job. How about the Broncos making the playoffs? You start with three cupcakes. You get a gift because of a 17th game with Detroit. Then throw in there, the Chiefs could have something locked up and nothing to play for. Now, if they have something to play for, it's going to be a buzzsaw. Right. But if they have nothing to play for, listen, playing the Chiefs is a buzzsaw anyway. So it really doesn't matter. If they're playing for something, you're going to probably get their best. But there's also the chance that they're playing for nothing. So those are five games that you can make the case, at least four of them for sure. They should have been layups. And I understand it's in every week type of league, any given Sunday. But that's four wins on the schedule. Yeah, and you know what? Like There are three games on the schedule every year that are determined by your place in the division the year before. For the Broncos, those games were the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Jets. Right. Not only win, 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 but blowout, blowout, blowout. Yeah, they took care of business against the teams they, they, they were supposed to be. Yeah, but this is what the NFL is designed for, right? The mechanisms of the schedule and the mechanisms of the draft are designed with the intent of pulling the laggards up and bringing the best teams back to the pack. Okay. It's all about creating parity in the long term and the Broncos can you know they can thank their own last place finish last year for setting up the chance they have this year. Who is more responsible for this 7 and 6 record? Because they're better than they what they were last year. Yes. You could make the case Vic Fangio led a team to a 5-11 and 11 record last year. They only won five games. They already have seven. We're expecting them to win at least one or two more. So people will say, hey, look, Vic Fangio, uh, his team improved. They were better than what they were last year. I understand they have an extra game, yada, 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 but then throw in there. They got the Lions. That was a gift. So who's more responsible for the 7-6 and six record? Fangio and his coaching staff for coaching up the players, and maybe that's why they have more wins, or George Payton, who by any, any metric has had a blockbuster draft class in which so many guys have made major contributions, not to mention signing guys like Darby, who's made a pretty significant contribution, and in season, Kenny Young. So when you look at the overall record of this team, who is more responsible? I know the players are responsible because they play. But is it the guy who who bought the groceries or the guy who cooked with the groceries? It's the guy who bought the groceries. And it's not just the draft as well. But it's not always that way. No, it's not always that way. But, I mean, it's not just the draft picks. I mean, as maligned as Teddy Bridgewater is right now, Bridgewater upgrade. was a huge upgrade. You took the quarterback position from being really bottom three or four in the NFL last year maybe bottom two by some metrics, but across the board, probably bottom three, bottom four, and you brought it up to average. Right. And it may not be sexy, but that's a, that, you, that is a significant reason why you were 5-11 and 11 last year and very close to 4-12 and 12 
and now you're sitting here this year at seven and six. Yes, with a, with an easier schedule, but your offense has turned the ball over less. You've last year you led the league in giveaways, and you led the league in giveaways from the quarterback position. This year, Teddy Bridgewater has turned the ball over eight times in thirteen games. That's a huge difference right there. I don't know George Payton that well, but I know people that know him. And I can't say that through the people that know him, I still know him very well. He appears to me to be a guy who is pretty much devoid of ego. He's just not wired that way. He's not a look at me type of guy. He's not the type of guy that would certainly say publicly that he deserves credit. But when the season is over and let's say they finish nine and eight, and they had five wins last year, and they have nine wins this year. Does he look at Vic Fangio and say, wow, look what you did, I want to keep you? Or should he really say, well, look at what I did, and that's why we're in this position? Well, he's an old-school football person, and you could, because of that nature and understanding the ups and downs and the vagaries of this business, and how the business can sometimes be a little bit unfair. There is a way where I could see on a human level he has a little bit of grace toward Fangio at 9-8. and eight. I think he will. Because like I said, he, he's but, not a guy that walks around with a big ego. But I, al- but, but I also think this. We've talked about some potential plans, ideas. Okay. A potential idea like, oh, what would it take to get Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. Would hiring Dan Quinn, someone with whom Peyton has a longstanding friendly and business relationship, right? would that make it possible to get Russell Wilson or at least make it more possible? And I think... Well, that's not the answer to my question. No, but the th- but I think that I think if that's what it comes down to, that he may make the better decision for the organization... It's probably to move on if they're nine and eight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make it a more direct question. If the Broncos do not have, I don't know who they'd have in replacing these guys, but if they don't have Pat Sertan, Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, Cooper, Browning, and Stearns, are they seven and six? Oh, throw in Kenny Young and, and Darby. I'd throw in Bridgewater too. And Bridgewater. Are they seven and six? No. Okay, there you go. There, then it's George Payton. With all with, now, there you go. who are the players they have in place? That's the thing. It's not. It's not all. The, it's not all of this, and then you have nothing because inevitably there are others who who fill in. But with with Sertan, you're talking somebody who he may not be a Pro Bowler this year, but he should be. Right. I'll say this: you can, you can see it happening in the last like. You can see it happening in the last couple of games. Teams are starting to avoid Pat Sertan. I'll say something else. The field. And, and and I understand it's a long term thing. And the guy I'm referring to is not Joe Burrow in his first year, and he's not Justin Herbert in his first year. But if Justin Fields was starting, they definitely would not be seven and six. Definitely would not be seven and six. He's got a long way to go. What if, he's talented, but he's got a long way to go. What if Fields were starting with all of those other guys? You wouldn't have Sertan. No, you wouldn't. But you would have Javante Williams. You might. You'd have Quinn Miners. And oh, by Aaron the way, I want to throw one more thing at you, okay? Because of this extra game we talked about, they got a chance to play the Lions. Yeah. Right, um, so they finish nine and eight, winning record. Yeah, it's uneven, right? Mm-hmm. You think they're keeping Fangio around if they finish eight and eight? No. There you go. So that and extra game, that extra game matters. <laughs> that's my point. Yeah. So not only did they get the Lions and pretty much a layup on a six foot hoop, but 
it looks better when you're nine and eight as opposed to eight and eight. Because there's no way Vic Fangio and his coaching staff generally listen. Azani's coming back, the wide receivers coach, or at least they will ask him to come back. Curtis Reggie, Mo- probably Reggie, Curtis Modkins, Reggie Herring. You Bill, know. Bill Kolar probably has a job for life if he wants it. Correct. Yes, but I'm, ta- I'm talking about the main and probably guys. Mike Munchak is back too. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Okay, coming up after the break, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler wrote an article titled, quote, predicting NFL potential free agent quarterbacks, next contracts, and where they might land in 2022. Talking about guys who could be traded, undrafted, uh, excuse me, free agent, undra- un- well, free agents, right, unrestricted free agents, and guys in trades. He also has Drew Locke on this list, Teddy Bridgewater on this list, Aaron Rodgers on this list, Russell Wilson on this list. Does that pique your interest? We'll talk about what Fowler wrote about these guys and ties to the Broncos next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. We're going to play a game that I just made up called Mace. You get to pick where we go. With that, I'm going to read the evaluation on all of these quarterbacks according to Jeremy Fowler in his article titled Predicting NFL Potential Free Agent Quarterbacks Next Contracts, Where They Might Land in 2022. These are the guys with links to the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater to the Texans. Houston, ideal candidate to take a passer with its top pick and stash him for a year if the one-win Detroit Lions select one of the top pass rushers with the first overall pick houston would have any 2022 quarterback available bridgewater can help elevate houston's offense while it figures out its long-term vision aaron Rodgers is green bay really gonna do this is it really gonna dump the game's most talented passer for a few picks we shall see denver still makes the most sense here russell wilson Wilson hasn't looked right coming off finger surgery, but he has five more games to remind everyone that he's one of the best. He would have plenty of suitors if Seattle moves on. Remember, the Saints, Cowboys, Bears, and Raiders were his preferred destinations if he's moved. Let me add a footnote to that. Uh, The Cowboys are not in the market for a quarterback anymore. Neither are the Bears, and I don't believe the Raiders are either. Only the Saints would be on that list. Also, let's look at the teams from the past offseason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, or also, l- let's look at the teams that are now in the hunt potentially for him. The Broncos have been linked to him by a couple of reports. However, Greg Bell of the News Tribune reported last week Tacoma. Yep, Tacoma, Washington. Okay, they, okay, they, it's called the News Tribune. I know, but it's important. It's relevant because 
we put one. Well, know it's a local story to Seattle, the Seattle area. Well, it is. The guy's yeah. been there forever. Yeah. And um, I don't think people know the News Tribune outside of the media business. Anyway. He, right, he covers the Seahawks. Yes. For the major paper. Yes. Town. How's that? For a major paper, yes. Okay. Anyway, he said, not only is Russell Wilson not considering waiving his no-trade clause to leave the Seahawks, he intends to stay in Seattle past his contract that ends after 2023. I don't know where he's getting that information from, but we can chat about that in a minute. <laughs> this is what he says about Drew Locke. Several execs see Locke getting a chance to compete for a number two or a co-number one job somewhere. He has one year left on his rookie deal with Denver, and if Locke really wants to play, he could force the issue and request a trade. The list also includes possible trade candidates, not necessarily linked to the Broncos, having to do with Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo. Where would you like to begin? Russell, let's start with Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah, we haven't talked about him enough. Yeah. But the reason why it's it's interesting there is there is there are a couple of things that the Seahawks could do to salvage it with Russell Wilson. And it all comes down to, if they move on from Pete Carroll, who they hire as coach and what the direction of the organization is. Dan Quinn? Bringing Dan Quinn back to Seattle. I know we talk about him a lot with Denver. But bringing Dan Quinn back to Seattle, given the... the he had phenomenal success as defensive coordinator there. Don't you better fire the GM, too. Yeah. You better fire the GM, too, because they're... they're list of drafts recently is more of a who's that than a who's who. And they sacrificed draft capital in willy-nilly ways. Like the Jamal Adams trade. Jamal Adams is a good player, but that trade looks like an absolute disaster. Although, what would they have done with the picks? Knowing the Seahawks. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what somebody said to me on the phone? We were talking about this. Somebody who has knowledge of mm -hmm. this. They said, yeah, the Broncos can give the Seattle a whole bunch of picks, but if they keep Schneider and, and Pete Carroll, they're just going to wind up wasting them anyway. The strange thing about Seattle is even they might be wisest to move on from both John Schneider and Pete Carroll, and yet if they did, the GM is, TB, is to be determined. But kind of a, 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 a prudent course of action might be kind of a little – going back into their history and bringing in Dan Quinn and seeing if, for example, Daryl Bevel would come back and be the offensive coordinator. Bring that the, was the combination together for the Super Bowl years. Bringing the band back together, kind of like Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison. I mean... Right? Sound familiar? It did work here. It, well, they had Peyton Manning, but it, then again, they have but Russell But they have Wilson. Russell Wilson, exactly. True. True. It's the, it, Strangely, I think, if I, were, if I were whispering in the ears of Seahawk ownership... That Jody Allen, Paul Allen's uh, sister, who runs the team day to day basis, this is what I would say is probably the most prudent plan for them because everything for them being relevant starts with making Russell Wilson happy. How do you make arguably the greatest player in your franchise history Not Brian at the most <laughs> at the most important position happy? Right. They Seattle wait. Seattle waited as a franchise thirty six years, going through Jim Jim Zorn, Dave Craig, and Matt Hasselbeck. They had some good quarterbacks. Jim Zorn was pretty good with Steve Largent. Yeah, really good. Yeah, Not they, good, really good. They, they could fling it really around. Good. He threw a lot of picks, but they went through. Everybody did in that yeah, generation. They they went through a lot of pretty good but not great quarterbacks. Not Russell Wilson until they found the guy, and they've only got the guy because. He happened to 
be 5'11", and a lot of teams passed on him, including the Seahawks early in that draft. Yeah, three times. Yeah. It was a, it, it just, it takes a little luck, right? Yeah. Sometimes it really does. Let's go with but that's the, But that's their best plan. But will they do, will they have the wisdom to do that? I, I don't know. I don't know if Pete Carroll wants to come back. I don't know if Schneider wants to come back. What well, starts with Pete Carroll walking away in all likelihood. Right. I don't know if Pete Carroll's ready to do that. Yeah. I mean, the only way he walks away from a program is if he knows they're going to go on probation. Well, that's why there were there were rumors connecting him to USC, but nothing ever transpired. No. But Pete could probably just wait. Mike Bone is not bringing back Pete right. Carroll after he left that university in a mess. And that's the thing. He's not getting a college job because of what the condition he left. Correct. Probably not, I should say. I mean, Bruce Pearl got another job let, in college let, basketball. But. Let, let's <laughs> move on to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And if you watch the Sunday night telecast between the Packers and the Bears, uh, Chris Collinsworth, without saying it, Al Michaels, without saying it directly, it sounds like things are going much better <clears throat> between Gutenkist, mm-hmm. the GM, Murphy, the team president, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if I, I think I'm quoting this correctly, or at the very least paraphrasing, as they took a shot of of the press, not the press box, but the suite where Goonkist and Murphy were, and they were talking over it, and they said, these two guys have given Aaron Rodgers pretty much everything he has wanted. Yeah. and I don't think he's going anywhere. It's going to take some significant salary cap and contract gymnastics, but we know that the cap is is elastic. Ask the New Orleans Saints. Things are pointing toward them finding a way not only to keep Aaron Rodgers, but yes, to also keep his security blanket, Devontae Adams. Here's, here's, you know, everyone talks about... With whom he's really close. Everybody talks about, you know, Favre and Rodgers, the connections. You know what? There was, you know what the connection there was that they don't currently have now? They could let Favre go because they knew Rodgers was going to be special. They can't let Rodgers go because they know Love's not that guy. Yeah. If they felt Love was that guy, believe me, they would get all they could from Aaron Rodgers and move on. Just like when the Chiefs knew they had something in Pat Mahomes. Yep. And they were more than willing to trade Alex Smith to Washington because they, they knew what they had. Green Bay, if they had that feeling about Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers would be moving on, but they don't. As for Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think he's going to be back. Um, he was a nice stopgap. According to uh, Jeremy Fowler, he thinks the Texans are going to give him a two-year deal for $16 million. I think it's going to be more than that. People will say, well, Teddy's not worth that. It doesn't matter what you think he's worth. It matters what teams are willing to pay. It's the same thing as real estate. And if for some reason you gave him $25 million, it would put him middle of the road for starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think people realize how high salaries have gone for quarterbacks. $25 million six years ago seemed like a lot of money it's not a lot of money anymore do i think he'll get 25 because his agent put it out there no do i think he'll be between 20 and 25 yes hopefully because the thing that we're missing with quarterbacks right now is middle class because there is no quarterback in the nfl right now whose contract has an average annual value of anywhere of anywhere above 14 million but below 25 million teddy bridgewater is a middle class quarterback i mean he actually had a middle you know what he had a middle-class contract, and then the Panthers traded him, and there was the restructure. By the way, you think Carolina, on some level, regrets letting him go? Given no. Given what they've cycled through this year? No, I don't think so. I think they regret giving up what they did for Sam Darnold. 
but I don't think. But they. paying him and then paying Darnold and committing yeah. to Darnold's fifth year option, they would be in a lot better yeah. shape right now if they had just probably held on to Bridgewater for another year. Yeah, but the truth is, Darnold has more upside, and apparently he's really. If he has up, if he has upside, why has he never shown it? No, well, you could say that about a lot of guys. Yeah. Okay, what about Drew Locke's upside? He's got a lot of upside. That's he's, got, he's got a really strong arm. Upside is... He's mobile. Upside is hopium. Fine. I'm, I'm not going to disagree yeah. with you. By the way, I'm not going to go all radio guy and say... But you are a radio guy. Right, but I'm not going to do what some radio guys do, and you'll know what I mean when I say it. Are you going to do like your radio voice? Like No. You're not going to do like... I don't a have a radio voice. Really? I think no. you have a very good radio voice. Oh, well, thank you. Are you hitting... I mean, voice? I think you could do like a Casey Kasem impression. Top 40. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to go all radio guy and say, I'm going to get a tattoo of Drew Locke if he's with the Broncos next year. But he's not going to be with the Broncos next year. And the thing that was interesting in Jeremy Fowler's story, he said a co-number one. You agree one, with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A co-number one, no. But compete for a number two job, I mean, it kind of tells you where he's valued at this point. Yeah. He's going to he's going to be a restoration project. And I was actually talking about it on the DMVR Broncos podcast this morning. The subject Drew Locke came up. His it did on your podcast, I'm sure. His path back is going to have to start with this. We've seen him basically fall on his face twice when asked to come in mid game. Yeah. He has got to figure that out. Right. Because his only path back to getting where he wants to go as a starting quarterback is going to have to begin with successfully relieving a starter, doing well to the point where another team looks at him and says, okay, we don't really like the quarterbacks in this draft class, but he looked really good coming in in relief. Yeah, we'll bring him in. That He can be a starter again, but it has to start there. By, by the way, at the risk of taking a shot at the great Peyton Manning, you can make the case the list continues of dubious protégés, starting with Jim Sorgi and now going all the way down to Drew Locke, no one, look, Jim who Sorgi he worked did, with. Jim Sorgi didn't really have a, with all respect to Sorgi, he yeah. didn't have a lot of NFL-level talent. I know, but he's had a lot of guys under him, right? He's had a lot of guys under him. Osweiler for four years. Well, Osweiler had one good half season yeah. and then flamed out brilliantly. And I don't mean that in a good way, and I'm sorry to say that about Brock because he's a good guy, but I was rooting so hard for him when he was at the Texans, but he flamed out. He, he was like flash paper, and, yeah. he, and he never really hit the heights. My point is Peyton Manning tutored Drew Locke. It has been talked about. It's, that, I think the thing with Peyton Manning is that he can he can share what he knows. I don't think people get what he's saying. But he but he can't share that right. the brain. He has he has a beautiful mind. He does for football. He and does. It, it, he's you know every every great quarterback has some kind of superpower, so to speak. Yep. Peyton's superpower was always north of the eyebrows. I agree, but you know who does it better than anybody? Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett. All of those guys that had some level of success. And they all... Even Brissett played well this year. And they learned under yeah. Tom Brady. Don't tell me because they had that much more talent. They had the right guy teaching them. Maybe maybe the part of the teacher, the teaching was Josh McDaniels, who I know is reviled around here, right. but is 
undeniably. But he wasn't with all three of those guys, was he? Yeah, he was. With with Brissett, with Garoppolo, yes. and with Castle, all three? Yes. Okay. Castle's the guy who basically got him the Bronco job. No, I know that, but and I, I don't came, realize the other two. And then he two. came back, and he was back in New England, right. and he was there for Brissett and, and Garoppolo. I mean, there's... Right. And now we see Mac Jones. I mean, maybe right. the maybe the guy who's the QB whisperer is, is Josh McDaniels. Listen... If you liken Peyton Manning to Einstein, Einstein can teach you, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it at his level. Well, there's a great story about Beethoven, how you know, Beethoven was deaf, and how he would like... What? Be- Beethoven was deaf, right? What? what? Yeah. Huh? The what? composer. What? I was about to tell you a story here, but you keep doing this what thing. I can't hear you. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, he's deaf. Gosh, God. stop it. Anyway, Beethoven was deaf, and he would conduct... A symphony, like play, like a, an orchestra playing one of his symphonies. Right. But he he heard it in his mind one way, but he was deaf. He couldn't hear the the symphony, the orchestra playing, and the symph- and they couldn't keep up with what he heard in his mind. Right. He couldn't make it translate. Right. And I think there's a little bit of that with Peyton Manning trying to make it translate to others. And the same thing with Van Gogh, you know, chopping off his ear and painting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just wanted to say Van Gogh because it's not Van Gogh, it's Van Gogh. <laughs> if you're you. going to pronounce it correctly, Thank but you. I'm sure you knew that. I knew that, LaVisca but I've always, I've always said LaVisca Van Gogh. I know, yeah, I didn't know that, yes. <laughs> Coming up after the break, according to 538, we're going to tell you about the Broncos' chances of making the playoffs, their percentages, whether they win on Sunday, win the following Sunday. Andrew put this question out on Twitter. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Okay, according to 538, they do all kinds of polls, whether it's sports or politics or anything you could possibly do a poll or a prediction on. Um, they have the Broncos' chances being a playoff team drop to 5% if they lose on Sunday to the Bengals. Okay, So if they do lose the game, they will have a 500 record, right? They will be sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. You put this out on Twitter. If they fall to 7-7, seven and seven, they're not out of it. Lloyd Christmas, you're saying there's a chance. Okay. Should the Broncos turn the page, start looking for a new coaching staff, go with more second teamers, including at quarterback, talking about Drew Locke? What do the people say on Twitter? 60.6% of fans voting on this poll said, yes, turn the page. Wow. Play more second teamers. 39.4% said, no, it's still all about 2021. Stick with what, what works best for now. What would you do? I would stick with it for another week. You have to stick with it for another. You're seven and seven. Yeah, seven and seven is not. It's it's not the white flag point. No, because you could still go ten and seven. Yes. Yeah. 
the, I, I don't I think, think the Broncos would even consider that. I think this is just play more of, second. You're throwing yeah. Drew Lock. Sorry. I think this poll is a reflection of how a fair amount of people are, I guess, uninspired by this team at this moment, or at least uninspired by the on-field leadership of the team. Yeah. I think that's that's what that is. And we'll get some of the responses here. This one from Space Cowboy, LG, on Twitter. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. I knew you were going there. Space Cowboy says, I live near Orlando. Ask the magic how that has worked out for them. You don't win by losing when you're already middle of the pack draft-wise. Play it out until you can't, at which point players will still care because they need good game tape if moving on. Says Ren at Corin Aaron 2. Sure, but we've seen how great some of the rookies are already, and I don't really see Fangio doing something like that. Mile High Magic says, if they lose two more than yes, but for now one loss can still get them in, especially if LA loses this week. And I think that's probably the most logical viewpoint here. If they lose two, and we talked about it earlier in light of the NFL, uh, and it, it, the approval probably is expected to come tomorrow, formally, that the NFL will allow teams to interview potential coaching candidates over Zoom with two weeks left in the season, starting uh, December 27th, 28th, right around there. And if they lose these two games and they're 7-8, and eight, I don't think there's a reason to kind of hang on. I think you go ahead and make the move right then and there. Make the move to what? A coaching move. To fire Fangio at seven and eight? Yeah. They won't do that. I don't think they will, but I think I don't think they will. I don't think they will, but I think it would be logical to do that if you know you're moving on. I think what they would do is secretly have Zoom calls and make sure that uh, Vic isn't on the same floor. Listen, at the end of the don't, day. Just don't screw it up the way that the Braves did by uh, Freddie Gonzalez when they fired him in 2016 as manager in season. Yeah. He found out because he got an email from Delta Airlines about a flight to back to Atlanta because yeah. they were on the road and then he gets the email and he's like uh, uh what's going on we have a game tomorrow and they're like oh oh, oh listen, yeah you're fired listen <laughs> the, the truth is the Broncos have already started researching potential head coaching candidates just I, haven't interviewed no but every everyone does their research everyone does their research I mean they were well, doing they, they, they were doing be- this when Vance Joseph was struggling Right. Yeah. You, you have to be a little proactive about that stuff. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? We will talk about the Nuggets win last night and also some uh, COVID cases around the NBA and NHL causing postponements. What does that mean long term for the leagues this season and the NFL a big day in the COVID protocols as well? That's all coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. 
is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today. Just in case you missed it, the Denver Nuggets were up by 30 points in the third quarter last night and beat the Wizards just by 6, 113-107. to after Washington exploded for a 37-point fourth quarter. Jokic, of course, had a Jokic night. 28 points, 19 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals and a block in 31 minutes. Likely would have played more, but he was ejected by Tony Brothers with 6 minutes left in the fourth. And even though the Nuggets got the win, this is the second Nikola Jokic ejection of the season. It's his second in a little over a month. Is this a cause for concern, or is there a bigger cause for concern with letting teams back into games and uh, the struggling of the bench unit. I want to give you credit, Eric, because you Really? Talk- for something? Yes. Wow. I give you credit for a lot of wow. things. Wow. But you brought up how teams are going to try to get under Nikola Jokic's skin. Yeah. Now that we've seen that he does... Yeah. He does have an occasional... I hate to use the word outburst, but a really negative reaction is probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, you can get under. They're going to pick. They're going to try to pick at him. Absolutely, and one of the reasons why you know Washington went off on that run is because Jokic wasn't on the floor. I mean, I never thought I would have said this two years ago, but, but Jokic is a really good defensive player, and when he's on the floor, they're a much better defensive team. Well, he's he, just a complete player. Period. Correct. That's the thing. So when he's off the floor, the the numbers suggest that they're going to struggle defensively. They shouldn't have. So to your point, yes, is it a concern that teams are getting under Jokic's skin? Is it a concern that the refs, you know, I'm sorry, it's not that they're not treating him like an MVP. They're they're just not seeing things. They're just not calling things that they should call. Mm -hmm. As far as giving up leads, um, I was more concerned about that last year and the year before when I considered them a pretty good team that could go deep in the playoffs. Now it's just about surviving. So you take a win any way you can get it at this point. Now, even though, I mean, I believe the, the Wizards outscored the Nuggets 21 to, 21 to 7 right. after the ejection. Yeah. Or was it 21-10? My bad. 21-10. I'm sorry, 21-10. It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you missed it, according to NBC Sports reports, 37 total positive COVID-19 tests after week 14 in the NFL. The NBA has postponed the next two Bulls games as 10 Chicago players are in the protocol. The NHL has postponed games of the Hurricanes and the Flames with 23 NHL players being added to the COVID-19 list since Sunday night. Do you foresee a significant impact on the NFL playoffs? or a potential stoppage in the NHL or NBA seasons as COVID numbers rise among players. Well, look at look look at what happened with the Rams. Look at what's happening all over the NFL right now. So, yeah, I think it is a concern mm-hmm. for sure. It's not just limited to, you know, a couple of sports. Yeah, and and a big immediate concern for the NFL right now is Cleveland, of course. Cleveland has a Saturday game against Las Vegas. And now the Rams at least can go until next Monday, but Cleveland has the Saturday game bearing down. They had to meet virtually today. They they put six players on the COVID nineteen list today. And oh, by the way, like uh, a team that uh, 
all of a sudden has a big, a big, big issue. Chris Jones, Kansas City, yep. went on the COVID list, and that could be drastic in determining what happens when the Chiefs play the Chargers on Thursday night. Yep. Just in case you missed it, Rangers at Avalanche tonight, 7 o'clock p.m., less than a week after Colorado's 7-3 win over the same Rangers in New York. Gabriel Landeskog out two weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, after talking to Kyle Keefe today, how are you feeling about tonight's game over at Ball Arena? Feeling good. Feeling good. I mean, be- beating the Panthers, despite all the goals they've scored, beating the Panthers was their crowning achievement during this uh, streak that they are on right now. They've shown they can play with anybody. They can beat anybody. You can make the case. There's no reason why they shouldn't win. They're red hot right now, uh, scoring from the blue line and from their forwards. I mean, there will be ebbs and flows in the season no, to come, no doubt. But what we have what we've seen from them, like you mentioned that the win over the Panthers, if they lose tonight to the Rangers, okay, well, then they split two games with the Rangers over the course of a week. They have a shootout win over at Tampa Bay back in October. They've already finished their season series with the Panthers, and they split with the Panthers. Uh, that says, I think those kind of say it all right there about what what this team's level is. At this point, then, it just matters getting the playoffs. Don't be afraid to rest guys and make sure they're healthy for the postseason. That's what it's all about right now. By the way, they've, get- proven, that they, they've proven they can play with yeah. and beat anybody. Right. It's all, it, So, if... If you ha- don't rush anybody that's hurt back the rest of the way. Keep being conservative with guys coming back from injuries. By the way, uh, the previous question you asked about what's going on in the NHL and the NBA with COVID, this according to Adam Schefter 18 minutes ago. And the first ago, thing I mentioned was 37 positives in the, in the NFL, NFL yesterday. after week 14. Yeah, 75 over the last two days, according to Schefter. So I'm just adding on to what you're saying. 75 positive tests over the last two days. And, I mean, I believe they had something like 68 positive tests through, like, mid no- through like late November. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is, it's kind, it's reflective of... It's crusty. It's reflective of society, but also, it's, all, it's also reflective of, I think, the, and why the league is told it's Tier 1 and Tier pers- 2 personnel. You have to get your boosters. Right. It's way, and it's we know this about about the vaccine waning effectiveness over time. That's why you get a booster. I know you got your your booster. I got mine. You're just gonna have to get more boosters into these guys' arms. All right, that was uh, masterpiece roofing. Just in case you missed it, uh, if you have had hail damage in the past, if you need a new roof, but specifically hail damage, because at the end of the day, Masterpiece Roofing is going to do a great job for you. I mean, they were recently voted Denver's best roofing company, and they were for a reason. But they really go after the insurance companies when there is damage. A buddy of mine had over $30,000 worth of damage, uh, and my friend wrote a $500 check, a deductible check to his insurance company. His insurance company picked up the rest of the bill. That's the type of company you want to work with, a company that's going to fight for you and do fantastic work. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Alex and Danny, great job today as always. Same with you, Mace. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can.